You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, let me give you a, a quick preview of today's show. After the 840 update, I'm going to be uh, taking any and all of your phone calls regarding Little League Baseball as we are now in the the finishing stages of the regional playoffs leading to Williamsport. And uh, Steve Callis will be joining me to talk about uh, any questions or thoughts you may have regarding Little League Baseball. Again, that's uh, around 8.40 or so this morning after Dave Uram's update. But first up, I want to talk about an inner-city youth baseball program that's been around for such a long time that even I played against the the Brooklyn Bonnies more than 35 years ago when I was playing with the newer show Robins. And in fact, just a few weeks ago, my son John, who also now plays for the Robins, was playing against the Bonnies. In fact, the, the Brooklyn Bonnies, well, this is one of those wonderful youth programs that tends to go unsung, but it's, it's really one of those terrific organizations that uh, deserves a pat on the back. And you know, just as uh, Dick Caswell and Willie Mack have been the heart and soul of the New Rochelle Robbins Baseball Club for half a century, the same accolades can and should be used for Jerry Katsky, who's currently in his 53rd year as the field manager for the Bonnies and in his 47th year as the Bonnies athletic director. And, and let me tell you a little bit about this remarkable organization. 2018 marks the, the Bonnie's 69th year of providing a nationally renowned year-round baseball program for the youth of Brooklyn. They have 350 youngsters between the ages of 5 and 22 playing ball, and they field 16 teams in every age group from instructional league, which is ages 5 through 7, all the way to college-age players. And the Bonnie's, well, they view their mission as using baseball and sports as a medium for producing solid citizens, which means uh, using the game as a way to develop sportsmanship, of course, and, and educational values as well. I mean, the Bonnies currently have uh, kids uh, attending public and private, Catholic, boarding and day schools all over New York City. They have more than 60 kids attending college, with about half of them on either athletic or academic scholarships. They've graduated more than 150 players from college over the last 15 years. Many have gone to become either physicians, lawyers, engineers, teachers, policemen, firemen, as well as even professional baseball players. In fact, among the graduates of their program are uh, C.B. Buckner, who's a major league umpire, uh, Jared Banner, director of player development for the Boston Red Sox, Mark Tatum, who's deputy commissioner of the NBA, and Eric Dillon, who is a state senator from Brooklyn. So you can see this is a pretty accomplished program. In any event, the Bonnie's Youth Club is a 501c3 non-profit organization that raises all of its own money with about half of the cash coming from member donations and the other half from a variety of funding raise, fundraising sources, including a discretionary funding from the New York City Council, borough president, donations from alumni and friends, and a variety of fundraising activities, and a grant from Major League Baseball. 
Jerry Katsky, this is a re, as I said, just a remarkable operation, uh, and uh, you know this is really something special. And first of all, thank you for joining me this morning to talk about the Bonnies. Oh, my pleasure, Rick. Uh, this is this is really amazing. These these three hundred and fifty kids who play. T- tell me, uh, tell us, what are they like? Well, I mean, uh, usually at the uh, youngest ages, you know, the ages um, five and six and seven, it's usually kids that really have never played before, that they're really experiencing sports and experiencing uh, baseball, you know, really for the, for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that we've been very successful at is taking players into the organization at a very young age and over a period of years, you know, not only developing their baseball skills, but their sense of sportsmanship and fair play, and then helping them in terms of high school and college, both athletically and academically. So, you know, one of the... Um, thrills of the program is really seeing kids grow, you know, over a period of, of years, you know, going from never having played before to being uh, accomplished players and high school graduates and, and college graduates. Now, uh, Jerry, is it fair to say that uh, most of the kids come from uh, economically challenged households? I mean, it seems to me over the years, uh, when I see your college-age team play against the Robins, comprised mostly of either uh, Hispanic or uh, Latino, African-American kids. Don't see that many, uh, many white players. Is, is that fair to say how I just sort of uh, classified the, the ball club? Yes, I think it is. Um, but, you know, we really view ourselves as a very diverse, you know, organization. Uh-huh. And the organization has changed significantly over the years. When the organization first started back in 1949, um, the organization was basically Italian, Irish, a few Jewish uh, players. And when we, we moved closer to the parade grounds, which is our home field, right. and moved our clubhouse there, um, that neighborhood had changed really to being more uh, Hispanics, uh, Latinos, um, African Americans, and the organization really changed you know, with it. I'm glad you mentioned the parade grounds because obviously anybody – who knows uh, New York City baseball knows that's a, that's a legendary uh, place, the parade grounds. Obviously, I know some years ago it was fixed up, but I go back to the day when parade grounds was, was a little difficult place to play. But that is the home base now for the, for the Bonnies, correct? That, that is correct, yes. And, and, and tell me, uh, you know, for some years, Major League Baseball, uh, you know, they, they've tried to reach out to inner city kids to, to, uh, to learn to, to play ball. And MLB has had some success with their RBI program, but uh, and I know they help support your program today. But tell me about your relationship and the Bonnies with, with Major League Baseball, how that works out. Sure. Well, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely gotten better over the last number of years as Major League Baseball has started to focus more on you know urban urban city players. Um, so you know, right now we have a pretty good relationship with them both with the Major League Baseball through Chris Marinek, who's the, one of the vice presidents there, and also through the Players Association, um, through Dave Winfield and Omar Manaya before he moved back you know, with, uh, with the Mets. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there definitely is more uh, emphasis and more interest in Major League Baseball in terms of really generating interest among um, urban players. And uh, as uh, Bob uh, Manfred said, uh, when we got our original funding from them, they're not only looking to uh, uh, interest urban players from the point of view of being future major leaguers, but also of being future fans um, for baseball to, to build upon. 
That's a good point. Uh, we're talking with uh, Jerry Katsky, a uh, longtime uh, key uh, person with the Brooklyn Bonnies Baseball uh, Club. And, you know, I'm, let me ask you this. How, how many games do the, the Bonnies play in the course of a, of a spring and summer season, Jerry? Sure. So it varies from, you know, team to team. Of course. But uh, the, the, the place where we play the most games is probably in more of the 12 to 15 range where we're not really um, – affected by the high schools, and those teams play somewhere between uh, 80 and 100 games over the course of the spring, summer, and, and fall. 80 to 100 games, and, and uh, I mean, I guess, well, I mean, what about tournaments, and how, ma- how many tournaments do these kids play in? Well, the, the tournaments are really divided into two categories. One is the national tournaments like ABC and NABF and right. Pony, where we earn the right to participate. And then there are obviously all of the, the showcase tournaments that have now you know, built up a, a culture of their own. Mm-hmm. So we shoot for each of our competitive teams to be able to participate in one of the national tournaments. And um, each of our teams goes to, I would say, three or four of the, of the showcase-type tournaments. And the, I mean, the kids, you said, obviously, because there's some overlap or potential overlap with the high school programs uh you know the kids in the middle school they're the ones playing 80 to 100 games and then the kids when they have their high school programs they'd obviously play there first and then come back to the bonnies uh, once the high school season is over correct right well actually in, in new york city which is different than most other places uh, the high school guys are allowed to play during uh, the high school season uh-huh but we don't actually start the official season for our high school players till Memorial Day. Okay, and, and uh, I mean, uh, how much travel do you guys do in terms of uh, home and away games? Well, I mean, obviously the parade grounds is our home. Sure. But what's happened over the last number of years is that the level of competition of teams in New York, is, in New York City, at least in Brooklyn, has gone down pretty significantly. Yep. So in order to get the right level of competition for our teams, we pretty much have to travel all over the the New York area. Yeah, you know, and Jerry, that's that's uh, sort of a nice segue because uh, in, in our next segment, uh, I, I want to talk to you about how baseball has changed uh, in the New York City and in, in the environment because clearly uh, I've noticed, of course, in, in the last uh, decade or so, the number of teams that play, uh, particularly at the older uh, age levels, seems to have declined considerably. And it's, you know, I come from a time where, you know, there were lots and lots of teams and lots of leagues, and now they seem to be dwindling away. And I want to talk to you about that because clearly it is a, is a concern. All right, let me, let me take a time out. We're talking with Jerry Katsky of the Brooklyn Bonnies. And, uh, yes, we'll take your calls, of course, at one 337 6666 That's brought to you by Mohegan Sun. Unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. You can plan your stay at mohegansun.com. Okay, let me take some uh, uh, commercials here, and uh, Dave Uram has your update. When I return, I'll continue talking with Jerry Katsky. Stay with me. And welcome back to the Sports Edge. I'm talking this morning with Jerry Katsky of the Brooklyn Bonnies Baseball Club. And, uh, you know, we're taking your calls at one 337 6666 But before I get to the calls, Jerry, you know, let me just say this about 
actually playing against the Bonnies because I did that some years ago, and I, I watched the Robins, New Rochelle Robins play the Bonnies a couple of weeks back. And I got to tell you, you know, when you when the when you compete against the Bonnies in baseball, uh, I remember they always impressed me as a, as a team uh, of players who could run, they could hit to all fields, they knew how to bunt, they knew how to hit and run. A dynamic, difficult team to defeat. If, if you're playing against the Bonnies, you really have to be on your toes. And again, this is going back 30, 40 years ago. As I said, I saw just a couple of weeks ago the Bonnies play the Robins, and I saw the Bonnies uh, execute a perfect hit and run uh, offensive strategy. I, I'm curious, and of course, the pitchers all throw strikes. Do you guys teach these these skills to these kids as they go through your program? Is that how this that how, is that how this evolves? Well, I mean, we certainly um, try to. I mean, you know, one of the things that's really helped us be successful over the years is that we really have a very experienced and capable set of, of managers and coaches. Yeah. Um, you know, what's really distinguished us is that about half of our managers and coaches are players that came up through the organization. Huh, okay. So they're very familiar with the organization. They're very familiar with the uh, traditions. I mean, we have... Um, I'd say five or six managers who have been with the organization as players and then as managers and coaches for 30 and, and 40 years. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that certainly helps. Um, you know, a lot of the teams we're competing against, I mean, not in, at the Robins age, but in the younger ages, they're either coached by parents um, or what's happened now is, I mean, there are a lot of uh, coaches that are getting paid to coach, but they really don't have any continuity of the kind that, that we have. I mean, it's extraordinary. As I said, uh, there are never, put it this way, there are never any easy wins or games against the Bonnies. You've you got to earn your victory against the Bonnies because they're going to test you. And, and uh, as I said, it's, uh, when you guys come up to bat, if you're playing defense or you're pitching, man, you don't want to walk anybody, and you better make sure you know how to defense against a bunt or know who's covering second on a steal. I mean, this is, this is, it's a tough team to beat. Yeah, and you know, one of the things we really try to do, although it's it's really difficult, is to have a central structure of the organization so that you know each team is pretty much run within a a central structure. Yep. So so winter workouts, um, practices during the season, um, playing a competitive schedule, all these are part of the Bonnie way. Well, I mean, it it clearly has paid off over the years because, as you said, it's sort of become ingrained with the kids and how, uh, as you said, a number of the players have gone through the, uh, the Bonnie system, come back to coach. It's become ingrained. It, it's, uh, it, it really works quite well. Now, now, Jerry, let me take you down memory lane for a second because, you know, we just mentioned before the, uh, the break, the number of teams that used, to, that used to play summer league baseball and played a fairly high level, a lot of these teams are now gone. I'm talking, obviously, at the, at the, uh, you know, the college and older level. But I'm thinking about teams like the O'Shea Slammers from Long Island, Merlees, uh, you know, the, the Marinick Braves, the Stanford Twilight League, the Clifton Phillies. I can go on and on. But these, these, these great baseball clubs have sort of like disappeared. And you said it's getting increasingly difficult, I know, for the Robins and probably I'm sure for the Bonnies as well, to find teams uh, to play against anymore. Yes, that's unfortunately true. I mean, and it's really true at, at all ages. I mean, at, you know, in Brooklyn, I would say if you go back uh, 20 to 25 years, there were probably 15 organizations like the Bonnies that had teams going all the way from the youngest age to the oldest age, 
and we're pretty much competitive in, in every age group. Mm-hmm. And now there's really uh, ourselves and, and youth service, and all the others have, have disappeared. Now, now, there are other organizations in Brooklyn, but they're really not at uh, the kind of competitive uh, level um, that, you know, that we've tried to be at. And so the question is, why? Why has that happened? I mean, this, you know, New York City, particularly Brooklyn, I mean, you couldn't find a, a more of a hotbed for baseball, you know, going back 100 years. Why is all of a sudden it, it's, it's sort of dried up? Well, I think there's, um, you know, a few factors. I mean, one is, is obviously a financial factor. And that's certainly true at the you know college age. I mean, the cost of of running a college age team is you know is is very expensive, and getting um, the players to contribute at that age group is is very difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, they come back from college, they don't have jobs, and you know it's really hard to to get the money to to run the team. But at the younger ages, I would say um, there's really a few factors. I mean, one again is is having capable coaches. Coaches. Hmm. I mean, I think the coaches, you know, particularly once, you know, when you're in the younger ages, like 8 to, to 12, the coach really isn't as important because the kids are going to develop as long as you put them out on the field. But once you get to the high school age, um, having uh, capable coaches becomes extremely uh, important. And it's, it's harder and harder to find um, capable coaches. Um, um, you know, we're very fortunate that a lot of our players have come back to coach and even that's difficult now because there are other organizations that are, you know, paying their coaches to to coach. I, you know, that's very, uh, very discouraging to hear. And and um, yeah, it's it's just a it's just it's a shame because obviously the kids have the the kids no way up have the talent, no question about it, and they have the desire to keep playing ball. But there aren't enough coaches, and it's too expensive. Uh, it, it gets uh, it's very very disheartening. Uh, yeah, the the other factor which I just want to throw in because I think it's becoming more and more of a factor. I mean, is the showcase tournaments. So what's happened now is that a lot of teams, rather than playing a regular league schedule, are running their programs totally around uh, the showcase tournaments. Right. So the kids, and, kids go there instead of playing for their team. Right. And, and really, um, you know, the other thing is that when there were 15 organizations in, in Brooklyn or when we were playing the O'Shea Slammers or the Robins on a weekly basis, you know, there was a very strong determination to win. Yes. You know, you went to one of those games. When we played the Robins, I mean, in the early 80s when you were on the team, I mean, those games were fierce uh, battles. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> All right? I mean, uh, you know, the, uh, I mean, uh, you know, Dick Caswell and myself have been friends for, for many, many years, and Willie Mack. But when we got on the field, okay, you know, we were going to fight to the end to, to, <laughs> to, to come out on top. I mean, those, and, those were battles, no question about it. And there were two, it was really good baseball. I mean, it was, these guys could play, no question about it. And, and see, what, what happens with the showcase tournaments is everybody can go. Yes. As long as you put your money on the table, you can go. And, and, so and, the whole emphasis on, on winning and, and being successful and best efforts, you know, has really, has really declined. And, of course, the showcase tournaments, uh, which most kids and their parents see as a stepping stone, as a showcase, obviously, to be scouted or whatever, you know, uh, these are money-making ventures, no question about it. And uh, the kids sort of say, well, if I go there and for a weekend and have a good showing, maybe a, a pro scout will talk to me or a college coach will give me a scholarship. And that just, as we both know, that gets in the way uh, of trying to develop a sense of, of, of team play and, and a team that a bunch of kids were committed to, to do well for their team. 
Yeah, and, and the other thing that, that that's part of, I mean, is what I call the commercialization of baseball. Yeah. Because 25 years ago, or when, when you were playing, nobody was making money in baseball. No, no. There was, there was no money to be made in, in youth baseball at that time. But now with the showcase tournaments and um, batting instructions and pitching instructions and strength and conditioning, there's a lot of people that are, are now, and, and coaches being paid, there are a lot of people that are, are making, uh, that are making money. No, I, I agree. It's not that we're against people making money, but it, it does have, uh, it does has fallout in terms of, of the programs that have been in place for, uh, a good long time. All right, Jerry, let's, let's get some phone calls in here. Sure. Let's, let's start with, uh, Bill. Uh, good morning, Bill. You've been waiting patiently. Uh, you're on the fan. Morning, coach. How are you? Good, Bill. How All are you? Right. Good. Um, the Bonnies, do they, do they, um, let me see how to put this. Are they like a semi-pro baseball team? Well, not really. I mean, um, I mean, we're uh, um, basically a, a youth organization and a neighborhood a team, and we have teams in, in every age group. Um, they're all, we have open tryouts for the teams, and um, the major focus, as um, Rick said at the beginning, is really to use baseball to produce solid citizens of the community. So grow our players to the point where they can participate at high school and college and graduate and, and go on to, you know, to um, um, professional careers, not in baseball, but in you know, all, all walks of life. In other words, Bill, the, the kids aren't, don't get paid. Uh, I mean, semi-pro suggests that maybe kids, the players get uh, paid, perhaps if they win a game or so, but that's not true with the Bonnies, and it's true, that's not true of any organization these days. Okay? Okay, thank you. Thanks for the call, Bill. In fact, let me, before I uh, get any further, Jerry, uh, can you tell our, our, our listeners the website for uh, the Brooklyn Bonnies if they want more information? Sure. But the, the, so the website is, um, is Bonnie, B-O-N-N-I-E, youth.org. Okay. And we also have a Facebook page, which is uh, uh, Bonnie Youth Club. Wonderful. Uh, Jerry, how did you get involved? You've been doing this for more than a cent- half a century. How, how did you get involved with the Bonnies? <laughs> well, I never anticipated that this is where it was going to end up. But, um, you know, I started being interested in baseball when I was like seven years old. Yeah. Um, there was a, a parent in our apartment house in Brooklyn who would take a bunch of us out every Sunday to play. And my older brother um, was very interested in baseball. He was a teenager at the time. And um, he would take me with him to the parade grounds when uh, he'd go there to play. Mm-hmm. And I played Little League ball. And uh, when I graduated from Little League, um, I actually tried out for the cadets who were in our neighborhood but didn't make it. And I went with my brother to parade grounds, and uh, I tried out for the Bonnies, and I made the team. Mm-hmm. And I played for them for uh, a few years. And then when I was in high school, I kind of realized that, you know, my future wasn't in playing. So um, I wanted to stay uh, involved in baseball and decided to give uh, coaching uh, a, sh- a shot. And, and that's been, what, 50 50- uh, well, with the Bonnies, 53 years. That's unbelievable. I mean, so, you know. so I started out, uh, I was uh, 18 years old, and uh, I started out coaching one of the Bonnie teams, and I've uh, been with them ever since. That's, 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 and it's an extraordinary story, Jerry. And, and as I said, uh, for anybody who's been uh, imbued with, with uh, baseball, 
in the New York City environment, uh, all I can tell you is the Brooklyn Bonnies have become legendary, and obviously a lot of it, and you're very modest, a lot of it has to be attributed to you and your involvement over the years because clearly it's a very, very successful program. Uh, when you, you see a Robins team play, they play with great pride and great energy. And, uh, Jerry, all I can tell you is that I'm, I'm just thrilled you had a chance to come on the show this morning, and I just want to wish you and the Bonnies continued success. You guys are doing a great job. Uh, in every aspect, not just with the baseball, but with the education as well. Well, thank, thanks a lot, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about our program, and hopefully we'll see you at some future uh, Robins games. Well, I was going to say, Jerry, I, I wish you continued success, but not against the Robins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Jerry. Talk to All you right, soon. Take care. That, of course, uh, Jerry Katsky of the Brooklyn Bonnies Youth Baseball Organization. Again, uh, really just one of those unsung o- operations that uh, exist in our, in our great city, and, and people should know about them because Jerry's done a great job for over 50 years uh, in running that uh, program. Okay, let me, uh, let me take a timeout. When I come back, we're going to shift gears not too far away from, uh, from you know, uh, baseball. We're going to talk about Little League Baseball. And, you know, uh, we had a show uh, with Steve Callis talking about Little League Baseball. Now we're into the regional playoffs, and the Williamsport starts this week. If you have any questions or comments about Little League Baseball, you want to you wanna uh, make sure to call us at 1-877-337-6666 and ask your questions. I'll come back with your calls right after this timeout. Hey, don't forget that uh, 9 o'clock this morning, Ed Randall will be along. And of course, Ed will be talking baseball. Uh, make sure you stick around listen to Ed and his, uh, his excellent guests talking about the national pastime. Again, that's at 9 o'clock this morning. As always, I ask you, invite you to check out uh, my website and blog at AskCoachWolf.com. If you want to reach me, the best place to do that is at AskCoachWolf.com. There's obviously ways to contact me uh, directly and so on and so forth. But again, be sure to check out AskCoachWolf. Dot com. Uh, just very quickly about my book, Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. I'm, I'm delighted to report that the word continues to ripple uh, forward. I've been getting some very nice text messages from major leaguers uh, who have uh, found the book and uh, find it uh, excellent and delightful. And, of course, that makes me feel very, very good. Uh, I strongly suggest if you have a youngster who's involved in sports, you might want to get a copy as well of Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. Get it on Amazon, bookstores, wherever you want. Uh, you can buy it as an ebook as well. Okay, moving on. You know, I, I did a very comprehensive show on Little League Baseball uh, a week ago, and even though Steve Callis and I devoted an entire hour to this subject, the fact is we did run out of time and we didn't take any calls. So I asked uh, Steve to come back on the sports shed as this morning uh, to take some calls at one 337 6666 You know, we'll talk about everything from aluminum bats uh, and the Little League bats the concerns about kids throwing breaking balls, the financial aspects of the league, and so on. Steve, good morning. Always good to talk with you. Great to be with you as always, Rick. Steve, I'm watching uh, the game uh, yesterday afternoon, the regional playoff between Gross Point, Michigan, and uh, New Albany, Indiana, and it's just a constant patter of of, uh, the commentators saying breaking ball, breaking ball, breaking ball. (laughs) Obviously, you know, I can't prove this. I don't have access to this, but, you know, somebody somewhere said don't ever say curveball or slider, but the kids throw constant breaking balls, curveballs, and sliders. That concerns me. And the second, I got to tell you, that gross point team, 
you know, they made the uh, the World Series last year. They are some ball club. Uh, they got a kid in that team named Purifoy who's a big, strong, athletic kid. He gets walked every at-bat, uh, you know, intentionally because nobody wants to pitch this kid. He looks like, um, you know, he looks like uh, the second coming of Barry Bonds. Simple as that. Well, I thought they made a mistake four or five years ago now by letting older kids play in the Little League. I thought they were going to make it so they would be younger kids. As you know now, you can have kids who have been 13 years old for three or four months yep. actually be playing in the Little League. And in the world of where we are today, bigger, faster, stronger, uh, I never understood the reason why. Unfortunately, this is kind of what happens where this kid will get you know intentionally walked, you tell me, 60, 70, 80 percent of the time. I mean, he, he, he just, I mean, <laughs> he's just a really good athlete. And he's a big kid, and um, yeah, he's become accustomed to being intentionally passed. Uh, you know, meaning that they don't even bother to throw uh, any pitches at all to him because they're afraid if he gets a hold of one, he'll hit it 500 feet. I mean, that's that's where we are with little league baseball these days. Yeah, it's very sad. I think they should have made it for younger kids, not older. Yeah, I, I, I well, again, we know there are a lot of other uh, uh, competitors to little league baseball these days whether it's you know uh, the ripkin leagues or or pony leagues whatever travel teams club teams you know and it's uh, little league baseball is doing the best it can to 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 attract and showcase its uh, its top players yeah, I think it's been a while now that uh, I think nationally the best players do not actually play in the Little League. I think mostly they're now on, at that young age, as you know, Rick, they're on travel teams that do play 60, 70, 80 games a year. Yeah, there's no question. But, you know, Steve, I, 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 some things I want to talk to you about in our time is, is limited this morning. But, I, you know, I, one of the things we mentioned in the show, we talked about the, 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 the separation between Little League uh, Baseball International. That's, that's the governing body out of Williamsport. And, and how the Little League District operates. In other words, they're not legally connected, and I think that's deliberate, correct? Oh, absolutely. I'll give you the quote quickly. It's only two sentences from Little League in an article in Vice Sports that I would encourage everyone to look up Little Big Crime, the multi-million dollar Little League fraud crisis by Aaron Gordon. And the quote from a Little League spokesman with respect to Little League International versus your local Little League, he says, quote, Local organizations become Little League programs by an annual chartering process and are separate corporations or unincorporated associations. Each league is their own organization responsible for things like their finances. So as you know, that opens up the door for the local Little Leagues to be, you know, with the wrong treasurer, for example, or the wrong president. Um, I won't say it's rampant, but there are many examples, Rick, of Little Leagues that have been ripped off by officers of the league. And Little League really just kind of tries to wash their hands, frankly, of the whole thing. Well, I, I, I can understand that to a certain extent because obviously uh, Little League and Williamsport, uh, they don't want to be in a situation where they're always being uh, sucked down this rabbit hole with lawsuits. And look, let's face it, in youth sports, unfortunately, there are cases of embezzlement. Uh, and uh, certainly Little League is not uh, immune to that. But they don't want to be in a situation where they're always being sued or being, uh, as I said, sucked into this uh, on a local level. And yet, that being said, you know, uh, as we've discussed, uh, Little League Baseball and Wimsport, they pride themselves on being a volunteer organization, even though they are worth and they're generating millions and millions and millions of dollars every year. It's hard to figure that out, how that works. Well, I'll give you two recent articles that I would encourage uh, your listeners to look at. Uh, very recent also, Channel 4 New York has that I-Team, and oh, they yeah. actually have 
an article. Uh, it was on TV June 29, 2018. The article is entitled I-Team Stolen Bases, the Multi-Million Dollar Youth Sports League Problem. And at that site, at that article, they actually have a map, Rick. It's kind of sad. This is not just for Little League now. This is tri-state area, mostly Little League, but not just Little League. You can literally click on a map. Uh, of places in New York and uh, New Jersey, and there's a lot of them, and see if in your town there's been some robbery of late. <laughs> and it really is kind of sad. I found the map fascinating. And the one other thing I'll give you on something called Nonprofit Quarterly Publication, there is actually from July 17th, you know, less than a month ago, Nonprofit Little Leagues Face the Consequences of Too Frequent Theft. And they actually give you some suggestions on what you should do, like multiple people signing checks over five hundred dollars, right. which of course didn't help the Holbrook Little League because two guys uh, are now charged right now with a hundred and eighteen thousand dollar theft relating to Holbrook Little League last year. They made it to the World Series, so it's a present thing. It's dangerous. I will give you a minor defense of Little League. They offer something called optional crime insurance, where apparently you can pay an insurance company to protect against embezzlement from your league. But I can tell you, it's so little public. It's so little published by Little League, like nobody knows about it. Um, according to that um, Vice article from a few years ago. Uh, they say in the high 60s percent of U.S. leagues are enrolled, but the author of that article said, yeah, I spoke to four guys. They didn't even know it existed. And I can tell you, I was a Little League board of director in the Elms for Little League for four years. I never heard of it. So you have to, like with the bat change this year, you have to really get out in front and really, really publicize these things. Those two things, the bat and the crime insurance, should be on page one, in my opinion, of the Little League well, website all the time. I, again, I would think that comes as a, a stunning... Shock to a lot of people involved in Little League Baseball that actually there is this, this, uh, this uh, insurance policy if your league feels like, well, maybe we should take this uh, just in case there is embezzlement going on. But um, my question would be, Steve, you know, why wouldn't Little League make that part of the, the enrollment? So if your league is, en is enrolled uh, or joins Little League Baseball, shouldn't that be something they offer you as like, here, this is part of the coverage you get. Uh, in case something uh, you know uh, illegal takes place with your league and the funds, you're covered by Little League Baseball. A hundred percent. And as we discussed last week, with the 82 million free and clear assets that they have, 38 million in land and 44 million in non-land, uh, one would think that would not be a big deal in terms of notifying people the expense of it all and publication of this kind of insurance because again if you go to that channel 4 i team map i mean you just click on and you're like wow 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 uh and it's you know again i won't I, say it's rampant but i will say it's not unusual and it's not unusual i mean uh and i again i just want to make sure we're on the same page here obviously these kind of crimes it's not just little league uh, organizations, Correct. A, whole, a bunch of youth sports, and you know most people will say, well, the way to counteract that, as you said, Steve, is you got to have two people signing the checks uh, to make sure nobody is, is is taking advantage of this. Obviously, in Holbrook, the two people signing the checks were in cahoots, so that's a problem. Correct. But again, this is the kind of thing where again, Little League is all about you know safety and doing the right thing, and that's what we want them to do. You know, this is the kind of thing that, that people who run their local Little League should be aware of, that the uh, Little League does offer this insurance policy, and uh, it's worth to be publicized somewhere clearly on, on their homepage so people can see it. 
No question. And of course, as you know, with all insurance, you have to meet a certain deadline and get it within a certain time. I'm sure there are other obstacles and hoops to jump through, uh, but it does exist. And again, uh, I have to tell you, Rick, I didn't know about it until I read this article, you know, a month ago. I, and, you know, Steve, it's just, um, yeah, it's just something that, that people need to be aware of because obviously, uh, and again, we're getting now this week into Williamsport and there's a lot of uh, fanfare and excitement. As I said, <laughs> you know, uh, the kids who play now, the, the, the ones who dominate are the older kids. Uh, and again, this kid, uh, Purifoy from Gross Point, uh, the Michigan team, I mean, he's something special to watch, and I'm sure they'll be uh, trumpeting this kid. The question is <laughs> where other the competitive teams are going to pitch to him. Because, right. I mean, I'd say, well, you know, Rather than risk a home run, we'll just put him on first base and hope a pitch of somebody else. I mean, Absolutely. Will he get a few swings at least? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve, thank you as always for, for uh, checking in and, and giving us some expertise on this. And I do hope people who are involved in Little League at their local level will check on that insurance policy because they have to make sure that they're covered to make sure that uh, things don't go the wrong way. And again, understand that Little League and Williamsport, they not, may not be there uh, they make it very clear that they want us to sort of be separate away from the local districts that you may be involved in. Correct. All right. Steve Callis, thanks as always. Uh, again, we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, Steve. Okay, and that's going to do it for, uh, for Steve Callis. Let me take a quick time out, and I'll come back with more. Stay with me. Dream big and dream often this summer as Pepsi presents the Summer of Dreams at Foxwoods. With over $3 million in cash and prizes up for grabs, visit Foxwoods every day for your chance to win. For event details and schedule, visit foxwoods.com slash summer. Foxwoods Resort Casino, the wonder of it all. Foxwoods Resort Casino, seven casinos, over 40 restaurants and lounges, two golf courses, more thrills than you can count, and just two and a half hours away with rooms starting at $149. Visit foxwoods.com for more info. Go to WFAN.com slash Black Bear and enter to win the ultimate Labor Day barbecue. Prizes include an awesome party platter from Black Bear Deli and a beautiful outdoor grill from Big Green Egg. That's WFAN.com slash Black Bear. WFAN.com slash Black Bear. Good luck and happy Labor Day weekend. Spectrum business is transforming how your business does business because we're increasing our starting internet speeds up to 200 megabits per second without increasing our price now your business can get new faster 200 meg spectrum business internet still just 44.99 a month that's more starting speed than you'll get from other providers and when you think about just how many devices are connected to your network computers printers cell phones and everything else using your wi-fi it's just what your business needs Finally, you can get rid of your slow internet service and start focusing on getting things done. Switch to Spectrum Business today with speed other providers can't beat at a price they can't match. Get Spectrum Business Internet now with speeds up to 200 megabits per second, still only $44.99 a month when bundled with Spectrum Business Voice for $29.99 a month. Call 877-778-0860 or visit business.spectrum.com slash 200 today. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Town Fair Tire became New England's number one discount tire dealer by giving you the absolute lowest prices guaranteed. And with 96 stores from Connecticut to Maine, we'll beat anybody's price. And we mean anybody. Other dealers, we beat them. Warehouse clubs, we beat them. Online sites, we beat them all every day. So remember, for the absolute guaranteed lowest price on name brand tires, nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Name brands at discount prices. Town Fair Tire. With Norwegian Cruise Line, sailing to Cuba is as easy as... Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. And we do mean quattro. 
That's because only Norwegian Cruise Line offers four-day round-trip cruises from Miami and Orlando with an overnight in Havana. So it's easy to experience Cuba all day. Buenos dias! And all night. Buenas noches! And with an overnight in Havana, you have time to hang with the locals and immerse yourself in the culture and history without being rushed. And both Norwegian Sky and Norwegian Sun are all-inclusive with free unlimited open bar. I'll have another mojito, please. So come Havana the night away. Book your cruise to Cuba today and choose up to five free offers with Norwegian's free at sea all-inclusive offer. Plus, free unlimited open bar. Visit ncl.com, call your travel professional, or call 1-888-NCL-CRUISE. Norwegian offers OFAC-compliant cruises and shore excursions. Ships Registry, Bahamas and USA. Unlimited open bar available on Norwegian Sun, May 2018. Restrictions apply. The price tag on that hip new pair of jeans never says about $40. A box of mini marshmallow puff cereal isn't starting at $4.99. So why is the price of a new car such a guessing game? At Hyundai, it's now possible to know the price of the car you want up front. We call it transparent pricing, and it's just one part of our all-new Shopper Assurance program, designed to save you time, hassle, and headache. Because shouldn't buying your new car be as enjoyable as driving at home? Car buying made easier. It's possible with Hyundai Shopper Assurance. Visit HyundaiUSA.com slash Shopper Assurance for program details. Big Wolf on Sports Radio 66. Well, my thanks this morning to uh, Jerry Katsky of uh, the Brooklyn Bonnies. Uh, fascinating what the Bonnies have been doing for the last 50, 60 years, and, and Jerry's been right there at the heart of it. And uh, as I said, uh, it, it's too bad that we're seeing a decline in so many of these uh, wonderful baseball programs uh, throughout uh, the New York City area. But clearly, it's, it's something that we have to address as we move forward. And, of course, always my thanks to Steve Callis. Uh, his insights into Little League Baseball are unparalleled. And, uh, again, his points today about, about how uh, you know the Little League does offer some coverage, some insurance coverage for these financial scams, something to check out. It just takes a little digging to find it on the Little League website. Okay, that's going to do it. For me in this edition of the Sports Edge, my thanks this morning to Dylan Scott. Please stick around for Ed Randall. He's up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. Listen to Yankees Rangers Baseball today at 105 with our coverage underway at 1225. Plus, it's a Yankees ticket weekend with lots of giveaways to see the bomber. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.